always the best when it's like Cody's people that Cody knows because he has to like do more work and really step up yeah. his game. And uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that from Cody. You gotta make him do something. Exactly. <laughs> Finally, right? Uh. All right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about 2017's It. My grandfather thinks this town is cursed. That all the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing. An evil thing. when another Georgie goes missing. Or one of us. Are you just gonna pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? If we stick together, we'll win. I'm Corbin Zavokal, the dancing clown, and joining me is my co-host, Cody Webb. Hiya, Cody. How's it going, Cody? What's going on, man? Going great, man. I'm very excited to be back. Another fun episode of a Spooky Calf, as I like to call it. Mm. Uh, our October special is is ongoing. I'm surprised, too, you didn't call me a clown. I feel like that's that's a pretty easy joke left there. So. It's been played out. We've, we've done it many times. Very true. And um, to move along the episode here, we also have a very special guest, I'll introduce him off the bat here. Uh, you know, we are kind of the members of the loser club here, Corbin. Oh. Extra one. <laughs> so I brought my uh, good buddy, Tyler Schubert. I'm going to call him Shoop the entire episode. So just heads up on that. But yeah, welcome to the Losers Club, man. How's it going? What's up? Happy to be here, guys. I know Webb hit me up a while ago trying to do this thing. I'm glad we finally got it going. Yeah, yeah. really glad. Uh, glad to have you on, man. And excited to talk about this movie. It It's the, the perfect time. True. Right. You know, it's getting spooky out. You know, Halloween's around the corner, dude. Everybody's getting a little creeped out. And, you know, it was between this or Hereditary. And I felt like this one might have been a little more chiller than Hereditary. <laughs> but, you know, all in all, a good pick, I feel like. Yeah. So I guess that takes us right into the why. What is it about it? Why me? Why did you pick me? I guess this speaks to you. Obviously, Hereditary, Cody and I have talked about other. Uh, Ari Aster movies on the podcast and similar stuff, but we've never really done anything like it. Uh, what was it that made you want to, you know, do that one specifically? So the big thing for me was, man, I am terrified of clowns. Clowns are like, they are awful. And I believe it was 2016 when all that clown stuff yes. was going on. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> Everything was just going crazy. And I don't know if that was a marketing plot for this thing coming out or not. But it was the perfect timing for this, dude. This I 2017, this came out, dude. And it, you it was like right through. before. It just like led yep. into it perfect where it's, it exactly. got everybody a little scared. Yep. And it was perfect. I it, And so just having the fear of the clowns, everything going on. This was just one, in my eyes, one of the scariest movies I've ever watched just in terms of my personal fears, everything going on at the time. It was just... All in all, you go into the movie theater and you're walking out scared for your life sometimes. But 
yeah, so I, I think that was probably the main reason for wanting to do this one. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to ask, are you a Stephen King fan in general? Do you, have you read the book or, you, or is it just like you like the movie a lot? I think it was just the movie for me. I know some Stephen King stuff I do like. You know, he has some good stuff um, that I've watched before. But I think it was the big one for me in terms of stuff that he's had. Um, the movie, the book, I couldn't really get into. I tried getting into it, couldn't really get into it. But <laughs> thick <like> one, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the book, the movie was just it popped and it it came to life pretty pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, I was looking today on Spotify. The audiobook for it is forty four hours long to listen oh. to. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that would uh be a big commitment i didn't uh, i didn't do that much prep for this podcast <laughs> i'm disappointed but i know we had a teacher who was really into stephen king back when i was in high school and she would always talk about it and this was about a year before it even came out and she was just like she would pull the book out and it was like as thick as a dictionary yeah. like dude how are you reading that but i don't know some people were really into reading about them i'd rather just watch it on the screen yeah, that's why we have movies, you know, beautiful. Yeah, yeah modern, modern cinema, baby. Let's, uh, let's talk Do You Remember? And Do you remember? We'll start with you, Cody. Uh-huh. First time you saw this movie, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, this is well documented on this podcast. Uh, I'm not a massive horror guy, so I'm trying to catch up. But I had never seen this before. I had seen both of the trailers. So, I mean, in a sense, I've seen both of the movies, I would say. But uh, this is my first watch, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it, because I, I actually uh, liked it, I think, a little bit more than I, I thought I would. Yeah, it wasn't my first time watching. I think it's probably like the second or third, or, you know, it's one of those ones that I've probably caught at different points on like a TV screen or whatever, but I, I didn't see it in theaters. I can't specifically say when the first time I saw it was, but it was good to revisit it here today. Uh, Shoop, do you have like a very memorable first time watching? You, you said you saw it in theaters? Yeah, so I actually do. It was like I saw it like two days after it came out in theaters. And, you know, obviously with the clown stuff, everybody's kind of, you know, freaking out still and everything still. But I remember vaguely watching this movie. You know, you go through everything, scary movie, obviously. And the worst part is walking out of the movie theater for a lot of people after they watch a movie like this. And you just had people, obviously it wasn't opening night, so people watched it before and, you know, to pull little pranks, people were waiting for you in the parking lot for the one I went to. <laughs> wow. And uh, there was red balloons all over people's <laughs> cars. You walked out of the movie theater, every single person's car had a red balloon hanging on the window of it. So just that aspect of it, everybody was just freaking out after they get out of this movie. And so that was a very memorable by far the most memorable thing coming out of a movie and you see that and you're like yeah i'm never gonna forget about that one but yeah yeah, so that was definite i'll remember that for the rest of my life on how i've watched this one that that is incredible you know the i feel like with horror movies it's always something with you know the marketing that they do beforehand obviously that all the killer clown stuff i can't say like uh warner brothers was putting in all the work to make that happen but like we've seen it like with the movie Smile, where they like send people to, to baseball stadiums and with the crazy faces and all this like crazy over the top auxiliary material to like additionally scare you is always fun with horror movies. And even that, just walking out of the theater, I'm sure that was a, an incredible, <laughs> memorable experience. I was going to say, even like the creator this year, like there's yeah. always like, SoFi Stadium, man. They were amazing. Like super marketing. I think that kind of just struck 
gold in a sense like and they didn't even realize it because there's a weird clown fetish at the same time but uh that is awesome with the with the balloons um some people's nights were probably ruined by that but i love it speaks to the power of this movie too that just like a red balloon that image can uh put a little fear into your heart let's uh say our initial thoughts cody what did you think about it man yeah (laughs) I got a lot of thoughts um, off the bat. Like I said, I do enjoy this movie a good amount, but I think there's definitely some stuff you can pick at off the top for me. I just like this town of dairy just sucks. Like <laughs> there's really nothing good in it. First off, like obviously the chunkier kid. Uh, also, I'm going to name most. Yeah. We, I was going to say the names uh, are not, I feel bad. I'm going to just call him. Uh, what, what should we call him? His name is Ben. Ben, there we go. I'll okay. help you out. You give me their names. I'll try and go that. But uh, yeah, Ben, like, why would Ben even move to this town? I like that. Like, that was kind of tied into his story of him being like the person looking into the history and being like, there's something shady going down here. Like, this doesn't make sense. But like, he has to have terrible parents to move to Derry of all places. And along with that, the adults are even worse. Again, it's probably just like, you know, this it creature has, you know, some sort of hook over them or whatever. And kind of is unraveling everybody's lives, I guess. Um, but the adults are useless in this movie. And I feel like that's just really annoying. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely like the general point of it. It's that it's like an infection. You even see it with like the boys, yeah. like Henry <laughs> kind of being taken over. But it, you're right. All of them are useless. And uh, the kids aren't much of a help either. <laughs> well, the kids are awesome. And that was going to be my second point, too, is <laughs> I, I love the kid actors, first off. But as well, I, I just like the whole like group dynamic. I think that's where I like uh, where I connected with this movie the most was I kind of got attached to these kids, Loki, and I didn't want to kind of see them die at the end. So, yeah, I don't know how realistic it is. Like they're fighting against this fear mongering, you know, shape shifting clown. But I, I like that dynamic of it. That's probably my favorite part, I would say. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with Cody on all that stuff. I the thing I really liked about it was the kids, like he said, um, like Finn Wolfhard, you know, from Stranger Things. That's it's, he's a hard character character not to fall in love with and come attached um i kind of like the comedy stuff that they kind of threw in there with him too he throws those little one-liners in there that were kind of they're kind of nice to me and it kind of lightens the mood sometimes and kind of takes your mind off the horror aspect of it i guess for some people that's more enjoyable than others but i really enjoyed that i felt like some of these performances were also very underrated um i felt like pennywise bill i don't know how to pronounce his last name but Scarguard or whatever it is I thought he did amazing in this film I loved him as Pennywise I thought that was a super good pick for them on that point and all in all I just thought as a horror film it was something new and I felt like they took a nice little twist on the older version of it and kind of did their own thing with it and I thought he did a pretty good job with it I agree with that I mean Scarsguard especially like it's amazing that he's kind of been able to evolve out of it a little bit. He's still kind of stuck into the world of Pennywise as an actor. And he's even, you know, begun to like play with that type in the movie Barbarian that came out last year. I think all, all across the board, they did a really good job casting. And then that can be said even further with like the it chapter two, the next one, they did a, a fantastic job of like casting the older versions of these characters. So that's been a strong suit of these, uh, these two films. Yeah. I, the thing is, I don't know how Bill Skarsgård, I can't say his name either, to be fair. Bill Skarsgård. Um, I don't know how he doesn't have, like, a ton more projects, like, working today. Obviously, like, he has good stuff. Like you said, Barbarian. I love that movie, too. And he's in, like, other little stuff. like Gone Wick. 
Yeah. And John Wick, John Wick Chapter Four, which he was fun in as well. But like, he always gets stuck in these weird CGI roles. I feel like sometimes as like a typecast, which I don't love because he's an awesome actor. I, I definitely agree. Shoot on that end. And to bounce off what you're saying about Finn Wolfhard as well. I love Finn Wolfhard. Who doesn't love uh, Finn Wolfhard? But he's like horny as hell in this movie. Uh, <laughs> all he's talking about, she's having sex with everybody's mom. And like I said, it, it's good comedic relief, but I don't know. He's just going through some stuff, I guess, and he, he's having trouble getting over it. Another thing is, too, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, they're kind of ripping off each other in a sense, and Stranger Things is very meta. But I mean, this movie is basically Stranger Things. Like, this could be a season, and you could just, you know, swap out all the characters. You know, Stranger Things has a couple, you know, at least right in the head adults. So I think maybe it's a little bit more realistic. But I mean, it's kids riding their bikes around during the summer. Like, it's good Stranger Things vibes. And I like Stranger Things. So I'm not hating on it. But I feel like it's basically the same thing. I mean, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead to my recast. But I like you could take each Stranger <laughs> Things and just keep Mike in and, you know, swap like them that. all out. And then you may, <laughs> maybe you'd have a better movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for it. The, the last thing I'll say that crazy thing about this movie is that it's the highest grossing horror movie of all time like this was a genuinely huge hit it made 700 million dollars internationally it's not stephen king's best-selling book but i feel like just like pennywise is a character so iconic just i mean you know the clown of it all is, is so fear inducing can you guys guess just all any of the movies in the top 10 of the highest grossing horror movies it chapter one well, that's no. yes. Good job, Cody. You got one. You got number one. Great um, work. I mean, there's a lot of big franchises to choose from, but it's got to be something more recent, I would think, to be in the top 10. I feel like The Conjuring should probably be in there, considering just the series aspect of it. Conjuring comes in at 13, just outside. Oh, wow. Okay, what about another cap uh, episode, Insidious? That's got to be close. Insidious is not on there. Uh, uh, is, uh... Paranormal activity. Um, <laughs> no, okay, well, I'll give you a hint, Cody. <laughs> the sequel uh, to this film <laughs> might be the, on there. To paranormal activity? No, the sequel to this movie. Oh, we're talking about two? The... Ah, it chapter two. Great job. That's number five. <laughs> All right, okay, Cody. is it is it more like modern stuff? Or I'll, I'll give you hints. All right, the second one is an M Night Shyamalan movie from 1999. Oh. Yeah, it's got to be the sixth sense. That's not even really a horror movie, though. Is there it? you go. All not right, number three. Number three is a Will Smith zombie movie. I am legend, really. Yeah, there you go. That's number four is a Brad Pitt zombie movie. World, World War Z, really? Gross. I don't know. How $540 million. Hey, people love Brad Pitt. I guess zombie movies is kind of the way to go, too. Number six is... A very classic 1973 horror movie, but there was a sequel to it this year. Yeah, The Exorcist. I was going to guess that eventually. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time, was the, the highest grossing horror movie of all time. Made $440 million all the way back in 1973. Pretty crazy. Number seven, another Shyamalan one, Cody. Oh, Jesus Christ. 2002. Uh, what other good movies has he made? 2002. So it was early. Oh, Signs. Yep, there you it's go. Not horror. It's not horror. That's sci-fi, baby. Number eight is a prequel to a classic horror franchise. Came out in 2012. Halloween? No. Um, 2012 prequel. A sci-fi horror franchise. <laughs> what is this sci-fi garbage? I mean, it's Alien. That's a that's a horror movie, right? Yeah. So what's the prequel? Oh shit! What was it called? Alien. Um, 
Alien versus Predator, and then they Predator. <laughs> no, it's something stupid. It's got Michael yeah. Fassbender. It's one word. It's like an R or something. It's, it's similar. To, it's got an Oppenheimer connection, Cody. Destroyer of all worlds? I don't know. <laughs> it's Prometheus is the movie. Oh, I, well, what's the Alien sequel called? That's Covenant. Yeah, Covenant. There you go. Yeah, I could have guessed Prometheus, but that's boring. All right. We'll, we'll go nine here. It is a movie in the Conjuring universe. Oh, Annabelle. It had a sequel that came out this year. The, the Nun. Nun. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. The Nun at nine. I feel like that yeah. is not the most popular. That's actually um, a horror movie, too. That's like the first one that's actually a true horror. So I mean, so. The Exorcist, It. There's a few. Those are the only other two. <laughs> and then number 10, you, you're not going to get, but it is uh, an offshoot of Silence of the Lambs. Oh, um, shit. I know this too. It's like Red Dragon. No, no? it's just Hannibal. <laughs> Damn. Tough. Well, I think Red Dragon. Some is, studying on our horror movie. Red uh, Dragon is box the, office cool. information guy. the Silence of the Lambs, I'm pretty sure. Shout out Ed Norton. He's in that. Yeah. 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 Isn't there one with uh, our boy from uh, Succession? Jeremy Strong? Nope. Brian Cox. Brian oh, Cox okay. Hannibal movie. Is that a thing? I feel like that would make sense. I mean, he's definitely a caliber high enough actor to. Yep. Manhunter, the 1986 movie, which is technically, I think, like based on the book that was <laughs> something. I don't, who knows? Let's yeah. let's move on <laughs> to IMDb known for. Do I know you? I mean, where do I know you from? We'll start with the director of this movie before we get into the actors. Uh, notably, Andy Muschietti. His four he's known for Mama, It, It Chapter Two, and also Mama, which is just the short film that he made to get the other Mama made. Uh, here's the thing, though. He's also the director of The Flash, which came yeah. out earlier this year. Surprisingly not on this list. I mean, I know it was not a well-loved movie or, or you know, a lot, big box office hit, but still, I feel like it should be. I mean, yeah, especially when there's a short film on here, when he basically just, like, made a uh you know a full-length remake in a sense so that's kind of weird but yeah also i'm low-key like a defender of the flash shoop do you like the flash what are your thoughts did you watch it i do like the flashes you know the superhero and stuff like that you know <laughs> what about the movie some of that off so you get some of that off-air stuff that's a little weird but you know it's <laughs> <laughs> a good that's a reserved response it's a good take Very true. Um, <laughs> don't, don't reveal too much maybe that's why it's not on there because i guess it is a little bit more controversial yeah also imdb is just stupid but yeah it makes no sense that's not in there but he's also going to direct i believe the next the batman, batman movie yeah uh james gunn liked him enough uh from the flash to keep him around i guess but that'll definitely be in his top four i think when that comes out i think yeah this does continue the thing that we've talked about on this podcast before where it's like horror directors it's a good pipeline into the superhero world now it really is um yeah. and this one especially because it's like a lot more of a cgi heavy like it, it makes a lot of sense that this if you could do this you could probably well you would hope at least that you could make a good superhero movie that hasn't been yet to been proven but we'll move on uh to our uh wonderful bill skarsgård his for it it chapter two barbarian and john wick chapter four we did talk about him a little bit already um but i i, I wanted to posit an idea do you think he could become like the next andy circus cody like the guy that does stuff like that or do you do you not want to see that from him i don't really want to see that from him if i'm being honest i want to see him in like weird character roles because i think he is just like a really fun oddball sort of sidekick in a sense um and in john wick four i think he does show that so i'm glad like that's on here but 
Nah, I, I don't want another typecast Andy Serkis. That's that's no fun, I don't think. Uh, the one thing I will shout out is this terrible Netflix movie, The Devil All the Time, that he was yeah. in. I don't want to say terrible. It's just like overly long. And you hate that movie. <laughs> Robert Pattinson is like a sexually assaulting Southern uh, priest. And it's it's very interesting. Quite the cast. But uh, he he is in it. He's top build. And uh, maybe you, you swap out one of the it's for that just to, to give him some love. Yeah, this thing too, like I feel like like an IMDb, why not just combine like those two movies? Like an Uma Thurman is Kill Bill 1 and 2, like both on there. That's kind of dumb for this. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what else you have for Uma Thurman. So. <laughs> uh, Pulp Fiction? Batman and Robin. It is 1, 2, Pulp Fiction and Batman and Robin. That's Pretty a four Cody, Yeah, so. I mean, IMDb, get, get your stuff straight. Just combine them together. I mean, it's the same thing. I don't know. There's Finn Wolfhards. Not a not a bad four here. It, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, Stranger Things, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, Shoop, you're a Stranger Things fan? I am. I actually, that's kind of, he was one of the ones that wrote me into that series, I think, too. Just him as an actor. And they were so young when they all started that thing, too, which was crazy that they Even were that- watching this movie. It's like, man, yeah. <laughs> he looks young. Yeah, and it's crazy how good they were so young. And I think that was what really impressed a lot of people with that series was just how young those kids were. And even Millie Bobby Brown, look at her now. I mean, she is just skyrocketed from this, year, this series going on. And it's crazy that a Netflix series like that has brought these kids into these movies like this. And just him alone, you can see it just from him, not even counting the other actors and actresses in that series, too. Cody, when are we getting season five? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not for a very long time. Honestly, they're probably going to be all like 30 by the time that, that comes out. So it'll be interesting how they deal with that. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Stranger Things and It are the two like obvious things that have to be on his top four here. Uh, Corbin, did you see Ghostbusters Afterlife? Did anybody I never did. You know, I, I wanted to but then I didn't want to enough. So <laughs> I didn't check it out. Um, I think that one obviously is better received than the other Ghostbusters reboot that they did a few years ago. But um, they're supposed to be doing a sequel to Afterlife that I think was supposed to come out this year, but then strike stuff. I don't even think it finished filming. Who knows? Probably next year. And then uh, remind me, who, who does he play in Pinocchio as well? Uh, he's the voice of Candlewick, of course. I don't know. That's uh, what it's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> It's not no, a I, huge role. I don't. I do remember him doing some like press when the movie came out. Like he, he and you yeah. know Guillermo were hanging. So hey, maybe he'll show up in like the next Guillermo pick though. That'd be pretty. He's good. a big Netflix guy. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> he was uh in this movie called When You Finish Saving the World, which is di- directed by Jesse Eisenberg. It's set in Indiana. Um, hmm. came out earlier this year. I didn't love the movie, but I just wanted to bring that up as just a weird, you know, connection for us. I guess. I think that was an A twenty four flick, right? No? Yeah, it was. I think it originally premiered at like Sundance maybe last year yeah. and then got a like, tried theatrical to pick it release. In, uh, fantasy movies and they're like, oh, you can't pick it. It's like, yeah. 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 Julianne Moore as well. It's, like, it's basically yeah. just like a, a son and a mom, you know, butting heads. One of those classic. <laughs> he's, <laughs> a, he's a talented actor. Um, and that's all I got to say about Finn Wolfhard. Let's talk about Jaden Martell, who I, it really is, I guess, the lead. Essentially, he's hidden by Cody's face currently uh plays bill and his four are saint vincent it knives out in midnight special of course i think knives out is the thing that i best know him for but midnight special as well not a terrible movie it's another one where michael shannon plays his dad 
they've played father and son in, in both Knives Out and that movie Midnight Special. Um, I think he's pretty good. I haven't really seen him do anything recently since Knives Out. I think it's that just memorable scene in Knives Out too, where it's pretty much just a joke, like at his character's expense, that like makes him pretty memorable in that movie. He plays like the little Nazi, right? That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they like overhear a conversation in the bathroom, or he's talking to himself. I don't remember, but yeah, it's funny. But Midnight Special, the underrated uh, Michael Shannon performance there. Michael Shannon's a great actor. Shout out the Flash, uh, great flick. <laughs> yeah, this Jenkins not bad. I haven't seen Saint Vincent. Uh, to be fair. So that's probably the one on here I, I know the least about, but everything else, um, I think this Jade Martell kid is pretty good. So I, I think same with most of this cast, I think they will get, you know, kind of steady work just to see if they are, you know, as decent as they, as they looked in this movie. We'll hit Jack Dylan Grazer next, his four, it, Shazam, Luca, it chapter two. Obviously he's the Shazam kid. That's his, you know, big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Shazam? Shoot, are you in on Shazam? Can you speak to that? There's no controversies. Things out. There. It was like <laughs> it was tough for that movie because I feel like when that first came out, it didn't really hold a lot of hype around it. I, that may have just been me. I I don't know, but I just didn't really hear a lot about it. And then so I didn't really watch it for the longest time. And then I finally ended up watching it just a couple months ago. Actually, I just watched that one and then the sequel of that one and was like this isn't too bad, you know, I didn't think it, it's not the greatest superhero movie of all time, but, you know, I thought the performances were really good in it. I didn't think the storyline was terrible. I think you get the same thing with, like, Black Adam, too, though, like, just the storyline just wasn't really there. It was cool, but, you know, the storyline was just, like, yeah, it's just kind of cheesy. I feel like that's what those movies have kind of evolved to in the DC side is kind of just being a little cheesy. But I mean, I thought his performance all in all was very good. I think he's a very good Shazam, though. What he did in It was definitely not nothing to bat an eye at either because he was very good in this. And I think anybody who can be good in a horror film, especially this young, that's pretty impressive to be that locked in on a movie. And then you can, like you said, going from horror to superheroes is just the thing now. So I think that's what we're, I would kind of like to see a lot more of it, honestly, but I mean, Finn Wolfhard is a superhero who who knows we might be seeing that in the future, but I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I think that the Shazam sentiment, especially with the first one was like the expectations for a lot of people were super low. And then everyone's like, actually, you know what, this isn't too bad. And then, I think because of that, people are like, oh, the second one should be even better. And then, you know, maybe some people were disappointed um, going in there. And then, of course, Black Adam's a, a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really love Shazam 2, if I'm being completely honest, but the first one's good. I like and the first one. The, kid, the kid's chemistry in that one is kind of the standout thing, I think, as well. So, yeah, I feel like kind of similar setups, but this kid's not bad. This was the kid. You're a Luca head, aren't you, Cody? You're a big Luca fan. Bro, bro. I'm not this a math guy, you know, I do like pasta a lot. So, you know, it, it kind of, you know, hooked me on that, but it's kind of just a mid modern Pixar. I feel like they're pumping out a lot of that recently. Fish people, Pixar, it's, you know, not the best. <laughs> uh, last one here. We'll talk about Sophia Lillis, uh, her four it dungeons and dragons honor among thieves, Gretel and Hansel, Gretel and Hansel, not Hansel and Gretel and asteroid city. Cody, yeah. I, I know you recently watched Dungeons and Dragons and you weren't a huge fan, but uh, <laughs> this is a decent four. Yeah, and I think she was actually pretty good in Dungeons and Dragons. What what was she called again, Corbin? I already lost it. What is it? Uh, well, she's a she, her name is Doric, but she was a druid. A druid, that's what it is. Yeah, she was like 
she was kind of Bill Skarsgård in this movie. She's a shapeshifter, uh, turned into a bunch of you know massive animals and stuff. But her motivations were, I don't know, they were okay in that movie. But I thought overall she was good, even though I didn't love the movie. But then also, I did also check out Asteroid City recently too. I don't, I don't even remember her in it. She must have been obviously one of the younger kids. I actually don't even know. So whatever she was in that, I don't remember it. So I feel bad, but it's in her top four. So she worked with Wes Anderson. That's cool. Let's move on to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Start with the good. Shoop, take it away. What's the good, man? The good, I think, is the young, like we've talked about, the young actors and actresses. I thought that was really good. I feel like the casting for that was really good. Skarsgård, obviously, he's the good. I mean, I think that's no doubt that he is obviously the good in that. The performance he did with this is just phenomenal. I think he did an amazing job, but we've talked about that. But I think the casting in terms of the main characters as the children was very good. And so, yeah. And then some of the jump scares were good, but, you know, we'll get to the bad and ugly on some of the other stuff. But, yeah, I feel like they did a very good job with the casting would be my good takeaway from that. Yeah, I agree completely. And I might go on a little tangent here, so bear with me, but Bill Skarsgård is awesome in this movie. I mean, holy <laughs> shit, he is amazing in this movie. His, like, whole character design, I think, is really underrated. Obviously, you know, it's the classic clown. Like like Shoop said, everybody's scared of clowns. People so, hated on it originally when it was really, yeah. oh, not scary enough. Bill Skarsgård, oh, this new it movie's corny. The damn internet, they'll never stop. But um, <laughs> I think it's really cool. And I really like just, like I said, the character too of, of being like the shapeshifter, sort of a fear monger in a sense too. Just kind of latching on fear and that's kind of his existence in a sense. Um, and like, I feel like throughout this movie, I'm just like holding my breath the majority of the times. Just because you know this clown is coming for everybody in a sense. And even when they can't see him, even we we can't see him, like they're still there. So I feel like the tension in this movie is actually really good. And that was one of the things. Also, too, like they play with your emotions a lot. Um, I mean, rip Georgie, guys. Um, I, I like Georgie. <laughs> what an opening. <laughs> That's a cute kid, man. And kind of use that in the entire movie of like this this young kid using his even younger brother who you killed as like a vision to kind of just mess with them the entire movie. It's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up. And I kind of like that the movie is saying like this character is willing to go that far just to kind of achieve his goals overall. Yeah, I think that's pretty messed up. There's like two effects. So he moves around a lot, obviously. But the running effect, I think that's kind of, I don't know if it's good, but I really like it. He looks like Kermit the Frog, like flailing his arms. Um, so I think that's awesome. And then him dancing. We got to talk about that. I mean, <laughs> he's pulling out all the stops. Bill Skarsgård will literally do anything in clown makeup that they tell him to do. And when like his uh, when that door like dropped down and he just started doing like this little jig, that was honestly my favorite part of the movie. So shout out Billy Boy all around. Shout out to the costume designers. But I, I think they nailed the character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's incredible. I saw that. I don't know how accurate this is, but it's like he has four minutes of actual dialogue, like spoken word in this movie. And yet he has such a scary, like overwhelming presence. And it's this cool integration of both CGI and practical stuff that he's doing. Like some of the crazy like eye movements is stuff that Bill Skarsgård is really doing. But then they're also adding, you know, different CGI and like the fridge scene behind me where it's like 
they're they're doing cool things and cool camera tricks uh to elevate the horror and make things that you know you can never see in real life be seen on screen and i, I think it's really great and uh bill skarsgård just nails it absolutely um i know there's a good anecdote as well i think it was jack dylan glazer or, or one of the other kids yeah. had to do their first scene with pennywise and he's like screaming at him and you know the kid's bawling and you know teary-eyed and then they break for the scene and you know bill Skarsgård's like hey are you okay like is are we all good and he's like oh no, like I really loved what you did with the character there. Like that's just, it's like, wow, these kids are professionals. Like it was just, everybody was at the top of their game, like really working hard to, to contribute and make something uh, really well done. And I think that's awesome. Um, you guys both hit on it. Like in terms of the scariness, I, I don't know, but like it's intense. It's it's like you said, Cody, you're, you feel it in your body the whole time. Like it just, it's very, it's almost more of a thriller in nature because it's just like the whole time you're like holding onto the edge of your seat. The best horror movies leave you with super memorable images like those are the things that stick with you so whether it's like the bathroom getting covered in blood or the fridge scene um the slideshow scene where it's flipping through all the images and he jumps out of it the the painting that that initial where like he's, he straightens the painting and then the crazy faced woman jumps out like there's there's just a ton of cool moments that i pennywise, feel like um, i mean pennywise as a whole it's <laughs> just in general everything he does the not scary scary you know very scary doors like there, there's just so many cool things like that that i think really stand out um beyond just the, the great character work I wanted to shout out a bunch of scenes as well, and you nailed them all there. So props. Um, <laughs> I will throw it off to a different topic as well. We haven't talked much about the character of Ben. I guess we have a little bit because I know his name, I guess, to be fair. <laughs> but I really like like his movement in this movie. But the one thing, and maybe this should go in bad, but I'm just going to include it in here. He just gets sliced like every turn. First off, you have the mullet kid literally <laughs> trying to carve his initials in this kid's stomach. I mean, I'll get to that later on on what I think about that, but it's sliced there. And then immediately when Pennywise shows up, like, uh, you know, early in the movie, he just, for some reason, just, you know, slices this kid again. This kid cannot catch a break. I think he might be my favorite kid of the bunch. And he's awesome. So shout out, Ben. I think that actor as well is is criminally underrated. I agree. Um, he's the lovable loser of the character. He's the guy, you know, oh, I don't have any friends. I don't need friends. But then, like, he gets dragged into the group, and it, it's wonderful. So true. And to double down on the Finn Wolfhard as well, I got a couple quotes I got to throw out here. <laughs> um, first, off, first off, when he's talking to um, the mullet kid, he says, go blow your dad, you mullet-wearing asshole. And then he does <laughs> double middle fingers. So that's awesome. And then secondly, he's got, uh, when the kid gets sliced again, Ben, like I was talking about, he says he's leaking hamburger helper. Um, so, uh, just the dialogue for Finn Wolfhard uh, specifically, I thought was pretty funny. I think like one of his first lines in the movie is "Try tickling your pickle for the first time." He's <laughs> like, "Okay, yeah, fair enough, man." Webb, you took that quote about leaking hamburger helper right out of my mouth. That was one of my favorite quotes from that movie, and kind of what you were talking about with just the whole dancing clown when that whole thing drops down and he's sitting there hitting the jig and stuff like that that was a meme for I mean I can't tell you how long that was the thing so just talking about that and you see that in a movie and you're just not expecting it from something like that and I felt like that was a good twist to throw in there like nobody was expecting that to come down and he's just dancing and all of a sudden he's going back to trying to kill these kids all over again so i i did think that was a really good twist to throw in there yeah i love that scene and one last thing i'll say too i've, I've a lot in good here which is a positive um 
I like the ending. I don't know. It got me tearing up a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to say uh, if not, but yeah, I, I think, you know, it's emotional at least. And like I said, I feel connected to these characters in a sense. And then like even the, the title reveal too, of like chapter one, I thought that's cool. Like it was good enough. I think to warn a sequel, if it was shit, I'd be like, that's embarrassing. They were going to do a sequel, but I think it's a cool reveal. All right, let's hit the bad. You know, she made a face there about the ending. What, what do you think about the ending? Is is it going to the bad? The ending is actually going a step down from the bad. Actually, <laughs> that's okay, going we'll to save it. Place, so I'll save it. But the bad is it's it's kind of hard to find like a bad in this. I felt like the jump scares were kind of a little repetitive. If I had to pick a bad, I like Webb was saying. They are, it, it hits you and you are, you know, shaken up pretty bad when they come in and it sticks with you. I feel like they could have done a little better. I felt like it was a little repetitive and I felt like I was almost going through the same jump scare sometimes. So the movie's a little long. It's like 220. So it's like to yeah. extend it for that whole runtime, you, you start to see some of the same stuff. So I agree with that. Yeah. So I think that would be like the only bad that I would really pick out of it. Other than that, I mean, I feel like you're kind of nitpicking if you kind of have a lot of bad to talk about this movie, unless you just didn't like it. If you didn't like it, then, you know, you have a lot of bad. But like Webb is saying, if you like it, obviously he's got a lot of good to say about this movie. And I'd be interested to see Webb and just to see what he says about the bad because i mean they're so good i can't really find a bad in it so yeah <laughs> i got some bad but i do want to throw it over oh. first because i believe you uh i mean you're not as, as high in this movie obviously as us so i definitely want to hear your thoughts yeah i'm i'm not like i think this movie is just like a solid horror movie like i don't think it's revolutionary i don't think it does anything special and almost like when i was talking about the it being the highest grossing horror movie that I almost don't like that about it because it's like it is a big CGI IP kind of like I think there's so many better horror movies that I love so much more that do new and unique things and where this is like kind of like you said recycling a lot of the same stuff pulling on imagery that we've seen before um, it's doing it very effectively and at a very high quality rate with a huge budget behind it but it's not necessarily taking a lot of huge risks in any sort of way so um you know, that's a knock on the film at the very least. And then just for me, I'm not a huge fan of the ending, kind of just like, really? it, it's just a bullshit nothing ending. Like, you know, like, yeah, they fucking push him down a well and then they move on. And then it's also the tough thing because it's like in the source material, the entire story is happening simultaneously, them being young and old, where like they just focused on the young for this one. And then they did a little bit of both for the second movie. I almost wish they would have just done the back and forth for the whole thing and had it planned out, like film the movies together, do the full story in the way it's meant to be done, as opposed to like giving it. Cause this is really, it's like, like you have to go watch the next movie to really find out if anything happens. Cause they get off pretty easy here. Um, and then they, they do the whole blood of thing, which that's, that gets into the ugly for me. <laughs> I don't like that. That's fair. If that's in your guys ugly, I understand that, but. I kind of like the ending, like I said, but like you said, it is a bit cookie cutter, I think. It's a better ending than I think the second movie. <laughs> well, fair enough. And also, I mean, you're kind of just, with that, Corbin, you're kind of just saying like, oh, it's a part one. That's my Yeah, favorite. I mean, uh, yeah. The Spider-Verse movies, so. Um, sure. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a structural issue, and it's hard to adapt, I feel like, in a sense, like you're saying, too. So, um, definitely understandable. I do have some bad, too, that I'll throw in here. Maybe it's just because 
I've been watching the Scream movie lately, but um, I mean, why why are these kids going into this house, bro? Like, it, it makes no sense. All you're bringing with you is like this little gun. It's not even a gun. It's the thing you like use to kill sheep, I guess. I don't know, but actually, like, bring weapons. Like, if we we're in Stranger Things, they're bringing a bat with you know spikes on it. They're bringing guns. These kids are idiots. I'm sorry. Like, get, get some weapons at least. Um, I guess Beverly has that you know a, uh just wire that she puts through his head a couple times to be fair so shout out to that um but my other big thing here too is i don't like the the dick bullies characters i I don't think they're really necessary like you already have a really good villain and then just have this well first off i mean obviously you have the the name carving um mullet boy henry yeah you know he's got everybody's got parenting issues obviously with this which i'm sure we'll get a lot more into the ugly here but i mean this kid's just insane um and we don't really need him in the movie. Really, Pennywise is just there to, I guess, mess with his head more in a sense than like he's even doing anything. So why not just do it through Pennywise, I think. Uh, and then the other girl villain who's kind of just addicted to Beverly, I guess. I'm not a big fan of her either. So I feel like both of those side like antagonistic characters were just not necessary. Yeah, I mean, I can defend it in the very least where it's like, you know, it's a story about adolescence and growing up in the 80s and like that, I mean, you, you know, bullies. it's the same thing as Stranger Things. There's bullies and there's, you know, yeah. there's always <laughs> growing pains of, of life, Cody. <laughs> uh, the ugly, Cody, get it started. Yeah, I mean, there's some uh, blatantly obvious uh, stuff in this one. First off, I mean, I feel like we need to start on Beverly's dad here. Mm. This guy's just a real weirdo. Um and kind of like I was saying before, this whole town is bad parents. Even uh his mom sucks. So all the parents are bad, but obviously the dad here is the worst. I mean, it's obviously heavily implied that, you know, he he's doing some, you know, sexual stuff to Beverly, which is uh is very, very bad. So he's he's my top of the category here, but there's a lot of other stuff I think we can go into as well. Yeah, that was definitely the uh, first thing on my list. Also the bullies, you know, the carving that we've we've already talked about. Oh, yeah, also, uh, he gets a toilet seat to the face. So that's not bad. Or I guess it's the back of a toilet seat, but well, yeah. Deserving. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, And then also the scene where they like have Beverly flirt with like the old guy at the uh, pharmacy to like help the kids steal stuff. Just strange, you know, 14 year old girl and like a 60 year old man. Not, not great. Not great stuff. Uh, uh, What do you got shoot for the ugly? So I'm right there with Webb on like obviously the dad stuff and then the bully. I I just didn't really see his point of really being in there. I like the kid's performance on it. I thought he played very well, but like you said, Pennywise being in there, I just don't see why you needed another character like that to be in there. But the ugliest part for me is the ending, the blood oath. We've kind of touched on it. I think that is the cheesiest part of this movie. I did not like it whatsoever. It just kind of was... I just looked at that and was like, that doesn't fit this movie at all for the ending. And I would have really liked to see them doing something a lot different with that ending. Yeah, I'm not a big Blood Oath guy. It, I mean, it feels very 80s in, in a certain way, so I can kind of understand that. But uh, I, I don't love it either. Cody, I mean, any offense? It is like undeniably really gross, so I can't really disagree <laughs> with that. And yeah, it's cheesy, but I feel like it's like the prototypical ending for a movie like this. So I, I don't hate it. But along with that, I mean, I don't think there's like crazy gore in here. Like I said, I mean, you get stabbed in the face sometimes, but I like the weird like blood effect 
that uh is with pennywise like it, it like rises up like kind of the bodies he kills as well so i thought that was a cool detail but my other big thing here i did want to talk about <laughs> and it's kind of weird but uh basically it's just about a couple turtle references corbino you'll probably have to help me out with some of the lore here but there's a couple references at the beginning when they're in the quarry it's like oh i i feel something it's like oh you kicked a turtle i was like oh i like that and then later on he's got like the lego thing of the turtle as well that he ends up dropping um and basically this is kind of a reference to obviously the book it but as well to like the whole stephen king franchise yeah um, like dark tower and stuff it's it's a yeah, whole thing it's all yeah. circled around like this magical turtle who i looked <laughs> up his name i i didn't care enough to write it down but he's my like tutoring yeah, he's the he's the hero of Stephen King's entire story. So I thought that was a fun little reference. I don't know if he shows up in the second one. I got my fingers crossed for it, but uh, I just thought that was a fun reference that definitely is not necessary because there's no freaking chance they're bringing a turtle into the sequel. Um, and lastly, too, I mean, I like titles. I just want to that, so. <laughs> That's the clip of. The- yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, not a direct appearance in the sequel. However, uh, uh, you know, there's a few things in the original It book that do not make appearance or do not happen in this, uh, particularly a, a notable child orgy scene in the original source material that yeah. luckily does not appear on screen here. Uh, we'll, we'll throw that in the ugly as well. Um, little kids dying. That sucks too. Rest in peace to Georgie. They could have brought back Georgie and I would have been fine with it just because that that kid is actually a good actor. But that is a great opening sequence of him getting his arm eaten off. So I think it's for a worthy, a worthy cause, but definitely ugly. When the germaphobe broke his arm, that was probably the grossest thing, like body body horror for me. So snapping back into place was a fun sound as well. But yeah, when an arm is just like hanging there, I'm not a big fan of that. And then, you know, that girl put loser on his cast and he changed it to lover. What a boss yeah. move. <laughs> Let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back with Invite Fight Night. Totally invite your personal friend, Spider-Man. I want to fight you, Hans. Bobby, I'm your white knight. Who do you want to invite on the pod? I'll get us started. I want to get it get our boy Ben on, you know, he's the sweetest kid. He's also done all of the historical research. Um, it is interesting because the character of like Mike is the one who ends up sticking around in Derry and like kind of takes on his role in the second movie of like being the librarian guy and, and calling everybody back to the city and remembering things. But in terms of this movie, Ben is the one with the most historical context and information, you know, we can garner about the history of Derry. So I think we'd have a good long conversation about all the horrors that have happened. I love that. I want him on the pod immediately. I'll throw it over to you, Shoot. Who do you want to invite? Pennywise, get this man on the pod. Let's see what's so messed up with this guy's head. You know, let's dive deep into this, just the dark thing this guy is going with. Mine was actually Bill Skarsgård, but I, after thinking about it, I'm like, Pennywise would be an interesting talk to. You just sit there and be like, why are you doing this, loser? But, <laughs> but yeah, I think- on would be a really good one you know just kind of i loved his stuff in john with four which we've kind of talked about that but like i just love him as like the villain and just being able to talk to him and kind of do stuff like that he's kind of i wouldn't say really like he's as good as heath ledger but i kind of get that vibe from him a little bit i don't know if that's just me but it's kind of just and that may just be because he dresses up as a clown just like Heath Ledger did too but i mean that might just be that, but I would really like to pick his brain on some things. Oh, yeah. I back that completely. And yeah, I think it might just be the clown overlap uh, going there. But 
Bill Skarsgård is awesome. I think he deserves more opportunities. Um, and funny enough, I mean, it does go along with my pick. I did pick Pennywise as well. I mean, how can you not pick Pennywise here? I just needed more information, which I'm sure I'll get in the sequel and I won't really like it uh, that much. But I feel like a full-on podcast uh, just talking about like his origins and his powers because that's kind of, you know, left up translation in a sense. Um, and then also, yeah, he could just shapeshift into whatever you want and he'd probably freak us out a lot. So I, I think he'd be a pretty good guest. <laughs> For fight, I think you could probably just generally pick all of the adults uh, as, yeah. you know, just, you know, line them all up, give them a punch, knock some sense sure. into them. Yeah. But the obvious pick, I got to go Beverly's dad. He's the scummy guy who, who deserves uh, some sense knocked into him. Shoot, what about you, man? Mm, I don't know. I, that was my pick, but I'm trying to, maybe the bully that bullies Beverly, I'll, I'll fight her. You know, she's annoying. The trash, the, the yeah, wet how trash is, is yeah. like, how bad. That's too bad. Wet trash? It's like dirty, wet trash water. I don't know. I think that's over the line. My pick, I did go for an adult as well. Like you guys said, I mean, it's it's pretty easy pickings here, but, you know, her dad deserves it. But he, like I said, he got a sink cover to the face. So I'm going after the germaphobe kid's mom. I mean, she just sucks, dude. Like, she's giving him placebos. Uh, you mean gazebos? She's, she's just being a real B. So I, I don't like her at all. Um, so I think she deserves one. Valid. Night. I'll we'll just give it to the entire losers club. They're they're a band of you know good kids who in the end you know they win. So they're all deserving of a, a knighting. You're gonna knight them even though they did the blood oath, man. Wow. Yeah, well, they they <laughs> as long as they keep their blood to themselves and their little crew, stay away from me. Fair enough. I, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go, and this is funny because I'm just going Bill Skarsgård. Um, I think a knight is possibly down the line for him. Obviously, he's not English, but anything can happen. Um, and pretty Maybe much just Swedish long. knights. Yeah, he does have a great Swedish last name. Probably not though. Uh, but it's pretty much just for like the costume and makeuping. I feel like it had to be hours on hours that he's just sitting there, kind of preparing for this. And then at the same time, like in that that kind of layers and layers of makeup, still give a really good performance. I think it's wild. So yeah, I think he definitely deserves to be knighted just for kind of the amount of work that he put into this. Well, Webb, just like in fantasy football, is taking all my picks before me, <laughs> and he's taking Bill Skarsgård from me. But I, I yeah. mean, all the same reasons. I mean, it's just makeup, you know, the hours you spend on stuff like that, that's got to just be awful. And then just to get in character, too, just to stay in character or something like that, especially like we said, when a kid's crying in front of you in the first scene, and not just to lose character and be like, oh, crap, are you okay? That's... That's pretty cool. But yeah, that's who I would knight. Well, that's the other thing. It's like he wasn't one of those actors who was like, I had to stay method and be Pennywise the entire, like, you know, it seemed like he just was able to slip in and out of it, which is all the more impressive. Um, yeah, it's it well-deserved knight of Bill Skarsgård. He, he kind of is like a knight or something in John Wick 4. There's some weird lore there. I, I, you know, I don't know what the exact title oh, yeah. he has is. That's He's like true. a lord, I guess. <laughs> He's a lord. I love that. <laughs> All right, the recast. Bond. James Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Cody, who are you replacing? This is tough, man. I think this cast is pretty good. Um, I'm going to go off first, just a weird side character. 
So I'm going for the bully kid, but it's the one who gets killed by Pennywise. Kind of a, a tall, lengthy fellow. Um, I thought he was okay, but I want to insert Will Poulter into this role. <laughs> I want to see the eyebrows versus the clown. Um, I think that'd be a great, just like one-off scene in this film instead of whatever we got. So yeah, throw in Will Poulter in there. Why not? I like it. Uh, my pick was, uh, I, I want to say Timmy Chalamet in that role, Cody. Just full really? of an asshole. Yeah, Timmy Chalamet. Bringing the heat. He is good at the asshole roles as well. So I like that. Yeah. Underrated. Um, and of course, I said the, the entire Stranger Things cast as well. You could just slot them each in. Uh, Shoop, what about you? I've actually got two, and I'm right there with you. The Stranger Things cast, I would definitely, that would be really cool to see. Obviously, people probably wouldn't want to see that because it's Stranger Things and they'd be like, whatever. But it was kind of hard to find another one. But director, if they could get a different director in there, and probably James Wan is what I'm thinking, get some conjuring in there, a little saw, you know, I think he might have a fun little twist on this movie. I love that little Aquaman too, just throw it all in. (laughs) And funny enough, I actually went after the director here as well, which I don't typically do. Like we said, I mean, Muschietti. The we were all, I'll just say, I did it as well. We were all in a mood to, really? to can old Andy. <laughs> well, I went extremely white bread. I thought Steven Spielberg for this flick. I don't know. Really, I mean, <laughs> with the whole friend group dynamic, oh, sure, Gordon doesn't like it. Funny. He would be perfect in it. I mean, any sort of movie, like, like this movie really reminds me of the Goonies, I feel like, in a sense, um, just with its character setup. And Spielberg kills that crap, like E.T., this sort of like E.T. with a little bit of horror in a sense, and you just have a clown instead of an alien, I think that'd be perfect. At least you didn't say like J.J. Abrams or something stupid like that. Um, <laughs> my pick uh, is is Mike Flanagan, who, which, I mean, I guess you could say white bread in terms of just like having done plenty of Stephen King adaptation to this day. He directed Dr. Sleep, um, as well as Gerald's Game for Netflix, which is another Stephen King. Um, and then also, of course, he's done all the, you know, Haunting of Hill House, Blind Man or whatever Netflix miniseries. And that's my thing. Let's turn it into a miniseries. I, I'm not usually a fan of that, but I think for something like this, if you're going to have a book that's 44 hours on Spotify and, you know, 800, 900 pages written material, like I think maybe a, you know, seven hour miniseries might be the best method to get all the lore. We can get the turtle and the, the fucking, you know, thing. Like, let's make it happen. Um, and Mike Flanagan is a guy who I would, you know, trust to capture the essence of Stephen King. Yeah. Corbin likes turtles. I respect it. I, <laughs> I like that. I think, like you said, it's, it's so hard to adapt. I think that makes the most sense for it though, is extending it out a little bit. Yeah. All right. The rating. Do you like me? Out of 69. I'll get us started because I think I might be the lowest here. Um, I'm going to give it a 43 out of 69. You know, I think it's a pretty solid movie. I do enjoy it. Um, But, you know, not my favorite by any means. Cody, what about you? Yeah, for me, I mean, our our rating systems are very different, obviously. But again, (laughs) this is kind of in that uh, four-star range for me overall. Again, I feel like the majority of the movies that we do talk about, it's in between like the 55 and 65 range. I'm going to go pretty much directly in the middle. If you checked out our last episode, I believe I had Bones and All at a 57 or a 58. I'm going to go with 60 out of 69 here. Um, get it in the 60 range. I was a lot, like I said, a lot higher on this movie than I thought I would be. And it kind of, the intensity, I think, is really what grabbed me in. And then I did, like, connect to the characters a good amount, which I didn't expect either. So, yeah, I'm going to give this one a 60. Shoot, what about you, man? Take it out. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with Webb. Just if 
I was in 2017 rating this, I probably would be right at like a 62 just because of, you know, the time and everything like that. But I rewatched it yesterday and I think I'm more at like a 58 on this movie, honestly. I, I think the time that it was in definitely did a lot of justice for this movie when it came out. And then nowadays it's still a very good movie, but it just doesn't have that same feel that it used to back in the day with all the clown stuff and everything going on. That's fair. And maybe this is just telling me to never rewatch this movie because you guys both liked it a little bit less. I was going to say, like, I would argue it's just not like a great rewatch. I think it does maybe diminish a little bit on the, the second or third viewing. Um, and I'm sure as a theater experience, it's it's way better too, which I never got to, to have. You might also like... Who knows, you might like it. It's a killer rush. Starting away with uh, some recommendations. If you like It, obviously, you know, check out It Chapter 2, but that's the obvious one. I'll say The Boogeyman, which is uh, another 2023 horror movie. It's another Stephen King adaptation. Got a real similar energy to it. It's less focused on kids and more, you know, dealing with like mental health stuff. Features David Diskowskian in a like creepy little dude role, um, and uh, it's a, it's a okay fine horror movie. So if you like it, you might like this one too. Love that, Cody. What do you think, man? <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, first off, I mean, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, definitely go watch that because this is basically the same thing. Um, past that, I was thinking kids movies, obviously, with kind of the whole same dynamic. Like I said, the Goonies already an underrated one. The Sandlot. I mean, come on. I freaking love that movie too, but more horror-based. My actual recommendation here is Barbarian. Um, and it is kind of centered around Bill Skarsgård, but he doesn't have kind of the biggest role in that movie. And I think it is really, really good, but also really fun at the same time. So I would highly recommend uh, Barbarian for sure. Keep it on the horror stuff. We kind of talked about it on which ones we were deciding on what to do. I think Hereditary is a very good pick. If you kind of like the messed up psychos stuff on stuff like this, Hereditary, it's just about a story about, you know, kids' daughter dies and or the family's daughter dies in a tragic accident, stuff like that, and goes through a demon possessing her and stuff like that. And just the horrible things that can come with something like that happening and just a whole, a whole messed up story, kind of like it when you really dive into it, it just can get really messed up and really dirty if you really look into it. And this is kind of the same vibe of that. You can, it just is really dirty, really messy. So if you like horror movies like that, I think Hereditary is a really good pick. Nice. And that's one as well that I haven't seen. So possibly down the line, we might, might just have to bring you back and do that one. But no, that, that is high on my list as well. So I like that, Rick. Cody, we'll start uh, clicking around you and you, you'll have no idea what it means, but you know. Don't worry about it. I don't know. Um, also, I will throw out this uh, movie called The Black Phone, which is kind of, in terms of like kids being kidnapped and terrorized, it's a similar thing. It's kind of like dazed and confused, but a horror movie is probably the best way I would describe it. So less 80s, more 70s, but a fun little energy. And uh, I think it came out in last year. So Ethan Hawke's good in it. Um, the final question. All right, listen, I got one last question for you. Last question for each of you. My question is for both of you guys, if you had to get into a fight with the loser, the losers club kids, how many of them could you take? <laughs> Two, three, four, could you take the whole crew? What, at what point would they defeat you like they did Pennywise? This is a very good question. Um, it's tough. So how many are there total? I guess There's I six, it appears. Six total, okay. It's tough. I think I could probably... 
at least go through half, I would think, pretty easily. But, I mean, these kids Depends are which half. Uh, <laughs> good question. Do I we mean, get weapons, too? That's the other thing. You're uh, hand-to-hand. <laughs> yeah, you got your fists. Do they have weapons? I think that's a yes, right? I think so, yeah. They've got yeah, one so they unloaded pig slaughtering gun <laughs> and a so dusty pipe and a bat. If I dodge the sheep thing, I think I'm fine for a little bit. I think eventually Beverly is going to have a rod directly through my face. So possibly take her out early, which is a weird mm. thing to say. But yeah, I mean, I can take down Finn Wolfhard, the germaphobe kid, even Ben. I mean, Ben's going to run in because he's a good kid, but I mean, he's going down pretty quick. After that, I'd say it's a bit of a crapshoot. You get to the good fighters in the group, I think. And I'd say I'd probably take one or two down, but I- I'm not making it out. I don't think by any means. Yeah. Should, will you fare better than Cody? I think I'm faring a little better just because this has been an argument outside of this podcast too with Cody and I lately, but, but yeah. So I think like he was saying, Beverly's little spike thing, I'm definitely going to have to deal with that thing first. Cause that's just deadly. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I get hit with that thing first and I just get a total of zero with these kids. Cause that's the thing I'm most worried about. Fat kids going down right after that though. He's done for. <laughs> I'm not messing around with him, but after that, I'm I'm kind of with Cody. I think two or three, and the rest of them might just gang up on me, and I'm done for. If they you start throwing up. rocks, you might be done for. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> if they have rocks, we're all screwed. But uh, yeah, Shoop is notoriously slow, so I think I'm definitely taking out more kids than him. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, nobody said anything about a foot race, Cody. Come on. Now. <laughs> yeah. What's your final question, Cody? My question for you guys, and Shoop kind of answered it already, but you can give an offshoot if you want. But basically, if you were a kid growing up in Derry, what would Pennywise project to you that would scare the bejesus out of you? So basically, kind of what are you scared of most in a sense? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would be clowns for me. Like, I, I do think clowns are like generally creepy, but it's not like my biggest fear. I'm more scared of like death <laughs> and, and heights, <laughs> my own mortality. How, okay. how can the, I don't know how you can. So uh, you'd be like hanging off a cliff. That'd be dope. Yeah, or like, uh, yeah, sure. I would like run and the street would end in Inception style. Yeah, interesting. All right, Sheep, are you sticking with clowns or you got something else that scares the crap? Well, kind of switch it up. Obviously, clowns. Pennywise just showing himself would just make me crap my pants. But, you know, if we're going off, I think spiders, honestly, I, I feel like, I don't know if that's the second one or this one that the spiders came in play. Um, but, those were they did a pretty good job with those and yeah i'm not about that life <laughs> i would not me- want to mess with any of those spiders yeah. or any insects like that i'm out of here i want no part of that and i agree with that spiders aren't that bad but i was thinking like they would have like a mountain of ticks like that would be pretty good <laughs> or <laughs> i'm just answering my own question because i'm here but um do you guys know like the foam stuff that comes like in boxes sometimes I hate that crap. Packing so, peanuts? No, it's like bigger though. And it like styrofoam? Scratch, yeah, the styrofoam. When you scratch it, it makes like that terrible noise. I feel <laughs> like Pennywise would just be covered in that and just like moving and I would just be freaking out. So I kind of just wanted to share my answer, to be honest. <laughs> I'm glad, I, hope, yeah, I hope that uh, you get some help, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> That's, dude, that sounded terrible. You can't, that might be another clip of the week. Play that. I'll, I'll skip it. I'm going to move ahead 15 seconds, Corbin, but play it for everybody else right now. Uh
But you, if you got a final question for us, that is a very Cody Webb answer is to say packing peanuts. I mean, come on, dude. But for you guys, in spirit of the topic of horror films, what is your top three horror films all time that you guys have seen? Or even a Mount Rushmore. If you want to do a Mount Rushmore of horror films, you can do that too. Cody, do you even have a top? Like, do you, are you prepared? I, I am ready. I'm, I'm pulling I've seen it enough. And the thing is, like, my category is not as, as kind of deep as Corbin and a lot of other people. But for me, there, there have definitely been some ones that I like a lot. We did um, The Conjuring uh, last last Halloween. Go check out that. That's a great episode uh, with uh, Miss Abby, which we have to have her on, I think, again, uh, hopefully soon. But I think that's up there for me. I really do like that movie. And I like it a lot more than Insidious, which is the other kind of, I feel like, comparable thing there. Um, I'll probably throw Barbarian on there, even though, I mean, it's kind of meta. The thing is, like, with horror movies, you have, like, actually like deep cut horror stuff and then you have more like the meta horror which i watched scream recently and i did like that a lot too but i don't know if that necessarily deserves to be on a pedestal like that but barbarian i think is good enough to where i'll put it there um and then lastly i'll just throw in the classic halloween i mean how can you not include that i feel like in a sense but it it would definitely be up there for me uh, out of like horror stuff that i really enjoyed i think it, it would be on the list but that's my short list off the top of my head. Again, I'm no no connoisseur here, but Corbin, I'm sure your list is a little bit different from that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur either, but I've definitely you know seen a few more than you. My yeah. my big thing, like Scream, is my favorite, and the thing with horror really? is like it is constantly commentating on itself and developing itself. So even while Scream is maybe the most meta version of that, it was like also a very early version of that, and the you know the way Wes Craven was commenting on his own work prior to that. And, you know, the way Scream has continued to develop and every sequel, you know, is relevant to the types of horror that are popular at the time. And um, I think it's an incredible movie and it's started probably my favorite horror franchise as well. Um, I love the original. Also the thing, another classic, just like example of incredible practical effects and visual effects and in Kurt Russell's great, just that idea of like being trapped alone in Antarctica, stuck with, you know, a creature that could be anybody is so scary to me. Um, and then Jaws, there, I, there you go. I, that's what you should have brought up and for some, you know, Steven Spielberg horror, Cody, there but, you, um, you know, just a masterwork in, in suspense, you know, showing just so little but still being really powerful and then of course get out is is my favorite like modern horror movie i think jordan peele nope is right up there too honestly with get out i I love that one as well um it it would probably slot in there you know just as easily yeah i'm not gonna lie i like your rushmore a lot better than mine (laughs) (laughs) i i've i've thought about it prior you if you had taken the chance to really think you made me go first yeah tough What about you, Shub? What's your uh, what are your what's your Mount Rushmore? Oh, uh, so I think for me, Conjuring would be my top. I love that series. That's kind of what really got me into horror. I'm not into like you know like the demon, like the satanic stuff. Like if you think about that more, it's kind of weird. But like I really love those things. If and if you just try not to think about it outside of the movie, then it's kind of cool. Um. I feel like number two, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's uh, the third kind and the fourth kind. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen those before, um, but what it is, it's uh, alien documentaries and stuff like that. And they kind of, it. the third kind is like you see them in the air and then it gets to like the seventh kind, I believe is what it is. 
Um, I may be completely wrong on this name too, but um, but in, in the last movie, it's basically just touch is what they get to, and it's contact with aliens, and it's a very it gets to you mentally if you really think about it. But if you, I'm trying, I'll if that's the name of it, then Close cool, Encounters of the Third Kind is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So right. those are really, really like that's Spielberg get, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those can get to you mentally. Um, it would probably be three just because, you know, the fear of clowns and stuff like that. And then number four, honestly, might be hereditary and or even Jaws, because Jaws at that point was such a good. But if I'm not going to pick one that's already been picked, I'd say hereditary then, because kind of the same thing, just just mentally just messes with your head if you really start to think about it too much. Yeah, we both just outdid Cody's list by a mile. I don't know what, I don't know what Webb's doing there. <laughs> All right, we're in, we're in the home stretch here. The three movie mini draft. Well, it is draft day. We're talking Stephen King adaptations. Shoop, uh, you get to go first, and then I'll go second, and then Cody, you can go third. What do you want to pick? Take in the draft, Stephen King one adaptation. One. This is tough, and I will be honest. I just googled these things, so if these are not me too, right? Don't worry. That's <laughs> uh, just off of like a childhood one. I don't know if this is gonna be. Let's just say the Pet Cemetery is number one. That's probably a bad right. first overall pick, but it's a <laughs> decent one. I like that. Hey, dead animals coming to life is <laughs> is a scary <laughs> thing. Scary stuff, man. Yeah. Have I you checked that's... out the uh, the new one that just I came have. out? Yes, I have. It was, I actually kind of enjoyed that. Okay. I'll have to give it a okay. shot. All right. It wasn't the best, but you know. <laughs> I'm going to go number two, not a horror movie, but a movie we have talked about on this podcast, The Shawshank Redemption. Just uh, an oh, yeah. incredible film all around. Obviously, a adaptation of like a short story and novella that Stephen King wrote, but just probably the best movie. My favorite, at the very least. It's based yeah. on one of his books that was absolutely going to be uh one of my picks there i forgot we did that episode as well shout out uh colton Bourne. yeah go check out that one that was the nog one uh but i got back to back picks here obviously and i'm gonna well i could go obvious with my first pick i'm just gonna take probably my personal favorite and that's the mist um if you don't know about the mist i i'd highly recommend it but one of the best twists i think of all time that it's you featured episode. it on our uh, 13 twists for Friday the 13th episode we did uh, earlier yeah. this year. And I think it's definitely deserved to be on the list, but it's a movie that just sticks with you after you watch it. So for Stephen Kingisms on, and the funny thing is too, I was looking into it, but that was not the original ending in the book either. They, they kind of adapted to that. And Stephen King was like, how did I not come up with that? Cause that's genius. Uh, but I'll take that first. My second one. I mean, you can go anywhere here. I'm going to go more kind of deep cut. And I'm going to go the OG carry. I don't know, Stephen King. Brian De Palma? I believe he directed that. But I believe, um, I mean, Stephen King has a lot of stuff. Like you said, Shawshank, that's not like super horror. And I guess even The Mist is, it's horror, but it's not the same as Carrie, I feel like. Like that movie terrifies me a little bit. And I think it does more of like the high school bullying a lot better than than it does. Um. But if you haven't seen like the original, don't check out the remake, obviously. But I do like the OG Care. That's that is a movie that I saw when I was pretty young and, and stuck with me. Well, Cody, I feel like you you really left something just sitting there for me that 
seems I did. a little crazy. I don't, um, I'm not a massive fan of it, so that's why I didn't well, think. Well, you know, I'm not a massive fan either, but I got to say at this point in the game, I, I haven't seen a ton of these. So I got to take The Shining. It's Stanley Kubrick. Obviously, Stephen King has kind of denounced the movie as, you know, a, a great adaptation of the original work, but it's still like one of the most iconic acting performances of the 20th century um, and one of the greatest directors of the 20th century, creating a crazy world of horror. So The Shining, 1980. Shoop, you've got draft. two picks. What 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 are you saying, Cody? I said that was a steal of the draft for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Don't watch yourself. Shoop, your, your final two picks here. So I think with me, I'm going to go, and this is kind of a personal one for me, is The Green Mile. I really love Tom Hanks in that movie. I just that movie, you know, watching it as a young kid, my parents were really into it. So that was kind of a cool movie to see. I've always, I've never heard bad things about it and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with that one. And then let's go a little horror and just go Children of the Corn. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that one can get a little freaky. And I, I actually kind of liked it. You know, I didn't hate the storyline behind it. And I thought that was a good one to throw in there. I like that a little off kilter pick, but I mean, being from all of us from in there. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, we are the children of the corn, so I love that. You 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 look around at night, and uh, after watching that movie, you don't love it. Yeah. Um, this is there's a couple options here. I'm looking at. Um, I think Green Mile was another great value pickup for you as well late yeah. in the round, uh, Cody. I'm not sure what he's doing, but uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take. Uh, I'll take Gerald's game. It's an underrated one, but it's kind of this weird story about um, Cody. You ready for the synopsis? Uh, basically, this husband and wife go off to this, you know, you call it an Airbnb, whatever, a little townhouse place on the oh. lake to stay. And they're going to, you know, have some sexy times. And the woman gets tied up and the guy like has a heart attack and like dies on the ground. And so then she's stuck there tied up. And all this like supernatural shit kind of begins to happen. He, his yeah. body, you know, maybe comes back to life. It's it's pretty crazy and creepy, but and it's also a cool like concept. So uh, yeah, Gerald's game is going to be be my pick here. Interesting. I've never heard of that, but that synopsis is pretty dope. So uh, I'm kind of there for it. But still, a strange pick from you. There's a couple of things I think are pretty obvious. Um, still remaining, and I would feel bad if Misery did not get taken here because I think it is one of Stephen King's better works. So I'm definitely going to pick that. Uh, Kathy Bates is, is crazy good, I think, just from a performance standpoint. Um, and it's also like really scary, too, in a different way, obviously. Of like, Again, I guess feeling trapped is pretty similar to Gerald's game like you were talking about there. But literally, you know, a super fan going to the length of, you know, oh, you did this to a character that I like and you didn't do this to another character that I like. And literally like shattering your legs over it. It's kind of terrifying. So yeah, Kathy Bates is awesome. And Misery, I think, is one of his more underrated ones. Uh honorable mentions. I mean, Stand by Me. We haven't even mentioned that movie, yeah. but if honestly, if you want one that's like it, but without the horror elements, True. go go check out Stand by Me. Um, and then Christine, which speaking of John Carpenter, it's you know, eh, you know, not his lesser is, work. Is that and then, the running man? Is that technically one? I think it mm, might. Be. I don't know. It chapter two, <laughs> Cujo, uh, and then of course Doctor Sleep, the uh, sequel to The Shining that Mike Flanagan directed. Um, we've reached our last thing here, guys. Weekly watches. What have you been into? What do you want to recommend? Karen, honey. 
Uh, what are you watching? Cody, I know you've been into some horror, but Shoop, why don't you get it started for us? What, what have you been watching recently? So lately, it's I don't know if you guys are really into it, but I watch a lot of anime stuff. I don't know if that's stuff that you guys have gone over, but it's something I recently just got into. It's I never really watched it. I always thought it was kind of nerdy, stuff like that. But I recently got into that. That's so that, Some of that stuff's pretty good. But and I'm really late to this one. And I've been telling Cody I've been gonna I was gonna watch this months ago, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I just watched that last night and I thought that was a great movie. I I liked it a lot. So and just the story that they have with Rocket and everything. I I really enjoyed that movie. So just kind of stuff like that and you know, just trying to stay on the Disney stuff and kind of catch up with some Star Wars stuff too, like the Ahsoka series. I really enjoy the Ahsoka series so far too. What uh, what are some of the animes you've been watching? What are some titles? So Black Clover is a big one that I'm on right now. It's uh, kind of just the story about this kid who just trains really hard, kind of just the basic story of every anime, it seems like. But uh, <laughs> Naruto Shippuden is probably one I'd recommend to a lot Classic. of people. Yeah, classic. Attack on Titan. That's a good one. I'm waiting for that final season to come out. Um, that's more people who like the story version of things. I feel like that's a better storyline to go off for people that mm. enjoy stuff more like that. Nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't gotten into it. My other roommate that replaced Cody took over his room when he left. Uh, Austin, who's been on the podcast before, watches a good deal of anime. I know he's a big One Piece fan, and that's like mm-hmm. a, a whole endeavor to, to take on. 7,000 episodes. Yeah, and it's crazy. <laughs> still not done, still uh, waiting the ending. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It is uh, It is crazy. Um, Cody, what about you, man? What have you been into? Yeah, like you said, I mean, and I've said this already too, but checked out Scream for the first time. I do really, really like it. I'm not going to lie. Um, maybe it's on my Mount Rushmore if I put more thought into it, but maybe not at the same time. But obviously the the opening scene is awesome. Um, I wish Drew Barrymore was in more of the movie, if I'm being honest, but iconic stuff there. Wes Craven, really good slasher director, I think, underrated. Probably not, but I feel like in, in my head he is. Um, Nev Campbell's great. It kind of kept me guessing throughout, which I like. And then the twist, I was like, I didn't see that coming. So I like that a lot. Maybe it's a bit too meta for me at times. There is some really good meta stuff with Jamie Kennedy where he's like watching the movie and yelling at like, turn around, turn around. And like the killer's right behind him as well. Like that madness, I think is good, but I think it does take it a little bit too far sometimes. And kind of piggybacking off that as well. Uh, today, actually, before we recorded, I just checked out Scream 2, uh, the sequel. A little Jada Pinkett Smith action. Yeah, <laughs> Little um, I didn't like it as much, obviously. I mean, they even stayed in the movie, like the sequels are always worse. This is definitely a worse movie, but I'm excited to watch the whole franchise because I do like the original a lot. Um, and honestly, I think the modern requels, reboots are yeah. pretty solid as well. So like it, they kind of diminish, but once you get to the new ones, I really enjoy what they've been doing. Yeah. So I'll make it there eventually. So I'll keep you guys uh, you know, tracked on where I'm at through that. And then if you listen to our last episode, I mentioned that I watched Mission Impossible 5. I also checked out Mission Impossible 6, uh, of course, titled Fallout with Henry Cavill as kind of the co-lead in a sense. Um, I, I didn't love it, I think, as, as, as much as a lot of other people did. The action's great. I mean, all the practical stuff with Tom Cruise is really impressive. But I feel like I'm just watching the same movie over and over and over again. 
This one, it tries to be a little bit different where it keeps throwing curveballs. Like I think uh, just in, in going into this from the second act to the third act, it's really like 10 minute spans where it's like twist, 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 twist. So it's like, I like that you're keeping on my toes a little bit, but I just don't love it overall. I don't think Tom Cruise kind of just a boring actor and he's surrounded by these goons for six movies and I'm kind of just tired of watching it. So maybe I'll check out uh dead reckoning eventually. Um, but it's just a part one. So you, uh, I would just wait, honestly, not on the top of my list by any means. So yeah, I'm not, not a big fan of that. And then the other smaller TV thing that I've been into as well, I started watching the league um, again, which is on Hulu really, really underrated, I think uh comedy. And if you like want to know my specific sense of humor, in a sense, I guess, it could be encapsulated in the show. So if, if you like fantasy football, if you don't like fantasy football, if you just want to laugh and, and have a good time, I think the league is a good show. So I'd like that as well. Nice. Solid, solid record. Cody, you're always just rewatching stuff. Got to try something uh, new, man. <laughs> That's what I'm doing with the screen franchise, man. It's a little bit of both, you know? Yeah. Um, I've been watching some horror movies. I, I checked out Devil, the t- 2010 movie. I think it was like co-written by M. Night Shyamalan. It's the whole elevator thing. I really didn't think it was very scary, but it was, you know, it's like 80 minutes long and it's it's pretty watchable. Um, and it's got a, you know, okay twist at the end. Uh, and then the Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is the 1954, you know, black and white classic. I went and saw this in a theater and it was in 3D, which was kind of cool. We had the old... Uh, red and blue you know old classic glasses on and uh it was an experience the movie's fine you know it's just kind of your old classic monster movie but um there was some good like underwater they filmed a lot of underwater stuff which i thought was pretty impressive for for 1950 especially with film cameras um i also saw the the witch the witch the witch the uh the a24 you know um one with the uh the sheep black philip and yeah. um Anya Taylor Joy. I, I did enjoy that. Um, I don't think I like it as much as like Roger or Ryan Edgar's other movies like The Lighthouse and uh, the Viking One, whatever, The Northman, that's what it's Northman. called. Um, but you know, it's a pretty solid, you know, ethereal kind of creepy horror movie. Um, and then I also watched Candyman, which I know is a movie, Cody, you really like, but you know, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was uh anything too special either. And it, it doesn't doesn't have me too excited for the new Marvels movie, which is uh directed by Nita Costa. Yeah, I have seen like more trailers and stuff on it, and it kind of looks really bad. So I'm a little worried about that. But Nita Costa's great, dude. They ruined Chloe Zhao, they're gonna ruin Nita Costa. Just just tough stuff. Yeah, bad looks all around. Um Marvel uh, Marvel needs to bounce back next year. We'll see what happens. Shoop, thanks a lot, man, for coming yeah. on. Really glad to, to have you uh, here to talk it and get a little spooky with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a good time. Love coming on here, talking some horror, getting a little spooky around spooky season. Seeing Webb's smiling face on the whole podcast, <laughs> bring a little light to it. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a great time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on, man. Definitely have to have you back. Uh, we'll get you get you around again soon. And uh, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah. Appreciate awesome. it, guys. Awesome. Thanks uh, for everybody who listened this far. And uh, we'll catch you in the next week with some uh, extra scary. Stay Gavin. Peace. Thanks. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.